Okay, kids, if you want to come up here and join us as I knock the letters over, we've got more Advent to talk about this morning. Let's all kind of gather around the candle over here, okay? The candle's kind of our symbol, our important part. Come on in, girlies. All right. So who can tell me, why, are, why do we do Advent? Why do we light these candles? Does anybody remember? What do you think, Easton? It reminds us that who is coming? That Jesus is coming, right? We wait and we watch each week to light the candle, and it reminds us of what is coming next. So last week we did the first candle. Can somebody else tell me what, what did the first candle stand for? Do you remember? I know you know. Who else knows? For hope, that's right. The hope that, like he said, that Jesus is coming. This week, maybe you saw the banner when you walked in this morning. This week, our candle is all about love, about God's love for us. So Titus and Calvin are going to help us a little bit um, with the reading. But first, let's see, why don't you come up here? You want to help me light the candle? Since you knew the answer, yeah, come on around here. Squeeze through. Hold that, bub. The second Advent candle is a candle of love. In the Bible, God's love is not just a warm feeling that God has towards us. God's love is a decision, a promise to do what is best for us, no matter what. Even though God does not have warm feelings about our sin, he made a decision and a promise to save us by sending his son, Jesus, to be the light of our sinful world. Isaiah 55, 3 says, Listen and come to me. Pay attention to me, then you will live. I will make a covenant with you that will last forever. I will give you my thankful love. Okay, let's all pray. God, thank you so much. Thank you that your love is more than just a feeling. Thank you that your love holds a promise. Thank you that you made the decision to send Jesus to be the light that brings your love into our world. And God, today, help each one of us to make a decision to share that love with the people around us. Amen. Okay, kiddos, you can go sit down. Go to class? Sorry, don't go sit down. Go to your classes. It's time for children and worship. Thank you so much, Cheryl, and boys and girls, for sharing with us. And uh, we hope you have a great time in children in worship. Vamos a enviar a los niños al tiempo de niños en adoración. I want to welcome all of you to sunrise on this rainy Sunday morning. Bienvenidos a todos a la iglesia amanecer. Also welcoming those that are worshiping with us online, wherever you may be. Uh, una bienvenida a los que estén en línea adorando con nosotros. And uh, <clears throat> just want to highlight a couple of things here. We're going to be diving into our message time. And if you need a Bible, we have Bibles in the back. 
at your disposal. We invite you to have a Bible because we, we go to God's Word. That's our source and that's our anchor. Uh, just a couple of items I want to highlight. First of all, um, we are, just to affirm, we will not be able to have our open house today as scheduled, and uh, that is disappointing, uh, but we are determined that before we have an open house, we have everything right. And so we had hoped to do that for today. We did not get there. As you can see, we have some issues to work through. And I want to assure you that our leadership team is working very hard on that. And you can pray for that. Pray for us and pray for our leadership team as we work to solve all those issues so that when we have the open house, it can be a great celebration uh, and a wonderful time together. Nos vamos a tener la jornada de puertas abiertas hoy. Como pueden ver, tenemos algunos problemas para reparar y queremos que todo, todo esté en orden. Así que oren por nuestros líderes en ese proceso. Queremos poner todo bien y tener todo listo. Uh, the other thing I want to highlight that is exciting and coming up that we can anticipate is our annual Christmas outreach concert, which is just a little under two weeks away. Ya son menos de dos semanas para este concierto de la Navidad. And you can participate by signing up to sponsor a table of eight people including yourself and maybe other people from your family. But the idea is to invite friends, invite neighbors, invite coworkers, invite anybody that would want to come for this evening. We enjoy coffee, desserts, any little uh, uh, appetizers that you want to give to your table. You're in charge of what you feed at that table. But we will be, as a group, in charge of feeding people the message of Jesus and sharing in song and in word planting a seed of God's love in people's heart that night. And so we want you to, to know about it. Please sign up uh, in the entryway. There should be a table there where you can sign up for sponsoring. And if you have any questions about that, please uh, contact us at our Sunrise office during the week. You can contact any of our staff. And uh, if you are not on our church center app, all of our numbers are in there. And uh, we, that's one way you can be in touch with us. Si quieren inscribirse para, para ser anfitrión de una mesa, hay una inscripción en la entrada y les invitamos a que puedan ser parte proveyendo postres y un lugar para sus amigos de escuchar la palabra de Dios, el mensaje de la Navidad. So with that, I want to invite you to open up. And as Larry said at the very beginning, we're going to be in the prophet Isaiah this morning. Again, that's a part of our Advent series and on the second day of Advent, our text, our focus is going to be on Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 7. El texto de hoy es Isaiah 55, versículos 1 al 7. You'll see on the screen there's some page numbers at the top. That will direct you to where it is if you're using the Bibles from the back. It's in the first half of the Bible, kind of towards the middle of the whole Bible. And I'd like to read the scripture for us in English first, then we'll read it in Spanish and begin to kind of break down what this message is all about. Uh, appreciate that background that Larry has given us about this book. Uh, vamos a leer primero en inglés y después en español. So let's focus on what God's Word says and listen and read together. Vamos a escuchar la palabra de Dios. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me, hear me that your soul may live. 
I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations that you do not know will hasten to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for He has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call on Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will freely pardon. Vengan a las aguas todos los que tengan sed. Vengan a comprar y comer los que no tengan dinero. Vengan, compren vino y leche sin pago alguno. ¿Por qué gastan dinero en lo que no es pan y su salario en lo que no satisface? Escúchenme bien y comerán lo que es bueno. Y se deleitarán con manjares deliciosos. Presten atención y vengan a mí. Escúchenme y vivirán. Haré con ustedes un pacto eterno conforme a mi constante amor por David. Lo he puesto como testigo para los pueblos como su jefe supremo. Sin duda convocarás a naciones que no conocías. Y naciones que no te conocían correrán hacia ti. Gracias al Señor tu Dios, el Santo de Israel, que te ha colmado de honor. Busquen al Señor mientras se deje encontrar. Llámenlo mientras esté cercano. Que abandone el malvado su camino y el perverso sus pensamientos. Que se vuelva al Señor a nuestro Dios que es generoso para perdonar. Y de él recibirá misericordia. So this year has been an eventful year in our church. And as uh, many of you know, one of the changes that is happening is that at sunrise we are in the process of affiliating with a brand new group of churches called the Alliance of Reformed Churches. En la iglesia estamos cambiando nuestra afiliación a un nuevo grupo, la Alianza de Iglesias Reformadas. And there's a lot that is involved in that process. Hay mucho por abarcar, including uh, one of the things we have to do is to change over our legal documents, the legal documents that establish Sunrise legally, and uh, those documents need to reflect the change that we are making. Uh, hay que cambiar los documentos legales para, para reflejar los cambios. So, instead of me doing that and really royally messing it up, our servant team leaders wisely decided to get some experts involved, and so they have asked us to hire an attorney, and we've gotten a, a special attorney to do that. En vez de regarla yo, los líderes han decidido contratar un, un abogado. So, it was about three, four weeks ago, I received an email from these attorneys with a contract attached. Recibí un email con un contrato. It was eight pages of explanations, stipulations, ramifications, and obligations all having to do with this change. Había ocho páginas de explicaciones, estipulaciones, ramificaciones, y obligaciones. It was a lot. And, and if you've ever read a contract like this, the language is a bit foreign. It's different. El lenguaje es diferente. So it said things like, the firm, that's the lawyers, agrees to do X. And the client, that's us, agrees to do Y. El bufete de abogado se acuerda de hacer tal y el cliente cual. Or it would say things like, the firm will provide this and the client will provide that. 
el bufete provee tal y el cliente cual. Perhaps you've seen it before. You know, it, it's called simply contractual language. Es lenguaje contractual. And what it does is it sets up a, a, a transactional relationship, an exchange. There's an exchange of reciprocal actions and obligations. Hay un intercambio de acciones y obligaciones recíprocas. Now, we deal with contracts all the time. We just often don't realize it. You know, anytime you buy something, you're entering into a contract. Cuando compras algo, es un contrato. Basically, you're putting forth your money. You're saying, I'll give you this money for that. For that service, that, that uh, thing. And then the exchange is made. Each person puts something towards it, uh, towards their part of the deal. Cuando compras algo, pones tu dinero para a cambio de algo que recibes, right? So the idea is this, if you do your part, if you keep up your end of the deal, no problem, you're going to get what you're asking for. Si haces tu parte, recibes lo que, lo que quieres. But if you don't hold up your end of the bargain, the contract is broken, it's null and void, and you don't get what you're looking for. Si no haces tu parte, si no cumples con ella, el contrato está Quebrado. So that's contract, so contractual language or a contractual arrangement. Well, as we look in the Bible at the people of Israel, God's people, we see very clearly in the Old Testament that they had a very simple contract, a very simple agreement with God. It was called the covenant. Israel tenía un contrato, el pacto con Dios. And this covenant was made when the people came out of Egypt uh, and they were heading to the promised land, the land where they would live. Se hizo cuando se salieron de Egipto para la tierra prometida. And basically you could say the contract was set up this way. There was God's part. Había la parte de Dios. And what was God's part? Basically he says, here's my part. I am the Lord your God. I brought you out of Egypt. I rescued you. I saved your skin. And so that's my part. I've done it already. Ya hice mi parte, dice Dios. Yo soy el Señor, su Dios, que los libró de la tierra de Egipto. And what was the part of Israel? Well, basically, the part of Israel was simple. You shall have no other gods. No tendrán otros dioses. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and be faithful to him alone and show that by the way you love your neighbor as well. Amarán al Señor su Dios con todo su ser y mostrarlo amando a su prójimo también. And if you do that, Israel, if you love this God who has saved you, who's rescued you, he will always be with you. He will be in your midst. He will bless you. You will have life. You will have prosperity. You will flourish in this land where you're going. Si cumples con esto, eh, Dios estará con ustedes y be les bendecirá y les dará vida en la tierra prometida. Simple as that. That was the covenant. So what do we see in Israel's history? ¿Qué vemos en la historia de Israel? Well, we see that time and time again, God is faithful to his end of the bargain. Dios es siempre fiel. 
He's always blessing. He's always giving. He's always rescuing, always upholding, always desiring the best for the people. Siempre bendice, siempre apoya a su pueblo. He's always wanting to give life. But what do we see about Israel? ¿Qué vemos Israel? Time and time again, they are not faithful to their part. Time and time again, they fail to stay focused on God, fail to love Him with all their heart. They fail to show that love to their neighbor. Una y otra vez, no aman a Dios, no son fieles a Él. They go away from God time and time again. In fact, if you look at the story, the contract was being broken even while it was being made. El contrato se quebró antes, aun cuando lo hacían. Moses and God are up on the mountain, Mount Sinai, signing the paperwork, and the people are in the valley below worshiping a golden calf, another God. Moisés está firmando el contrato en el monte Sinaí y el pueblo abajo adorando un becerro de oro. Well, here in Isaiah chapter 55, we see God putting forth something totally different. Something new. Dios propone algo nuevo en Isaías 55. Now, as we look at verse 1, the very first verse, Bible scholars tell us that the language that is being used here is the language of a street vendor. It's the language of somebody in the marketplace. Maybe a farmer's market or something like that. It's contractual language, but it's the language of someone who's offering something in exchange for something else. El lenguaje de verso uno es de un vendedor de la calle. This street vendor is calling out and saying, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Vengan a las aguas todos los que tengan sed. Vengan a comprar y comer los que no tengan dinero. Vengan compren vino y leche sin pago alguno. Now the language is familiar, but the deal is not. Because what this vendor is saying is, come, let's enter into an agreement where I give you something and you don't have to pay for it. Yo te doy algo y no tienes que pagarlo. In fact, that vendor goes on in verse 2 to plead and to say, hey, why are you going to take your money elsewhere? Why are you going to spend your money on what is not bread? Your labor on what does not satisfy? Hey, come to me. Listen to me and you're going to eat of the greatest affair. Your soul will delight in what is good. Porque gastan su dinero en lo que nos pan su salario en lo que no satisface. Escúcheme y se deleitarán con manjares deliciosos. It's evident here that the street vendor who is calling out is God. And he is proposing something new. For the people of Israel, Dios es el vendedor proponiendo algo nuevo para el pueblo de Israel. And all they've got to do is come. Verse 3, he says this, give ear and come to me. Count how many times he's saying, come, come to me. Dice, preste atención y vengan a mí. Hear me that your soul may live. Haré con ustedes un pacto eterno conforme a constant, mi constante amor por David. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised 
to David. What the prophet is writing here is God proposing, God offering a new kind of relationship. Dios propone un nuevo arreglo de su relación. It is an everlasting covenant. In other words, this is one that can't be broken. This is one that the people can't mess up. Es un pacto eterno que no se puede quebrar. And it's like, it's in line with God's love, His faithful love promised to David, the king of Israel. Es como el amor constante de Dios prometido a David de Israel. So what's that all about? What is this faithful love that was promised to David? We need to understand that a little bit more if we're going to understand this covenant. So if you would, turn with me back in history, back closer to the beginning of the Bible in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. Segundo de Samuel, capítulo 7, versículo 12. And there we read of a time where King David, the great king of Israel, had established his rule. He was on the throne. David Rey había establecido su reino. And he comes to God and says, Hey God, I've got a beautiful palace, but you don't have anywhere to live. I want to build you a house, God. I want to build you a great temple. I want to build a place where you can be worshipped and, and where you can dwell with us, your people. David tenía un palacio y dice a Dios, Yo quiero construirte a ti un palacio, un templo, un, una casa. And God speaks back to David through a prophet. Dios le habla por medio de un profeta. And God says, no, that's not what I'm looking for. 2 Samuel 7, 12, he says, here's what I would say. When your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you who will come from your own body and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Cuando tu vida llegue a su fin y vayas a descansar entre tus, entre tus antepasados, pondré en el trono a uno de tus propios descendientes y afirmaré su reino. Será él quien construya una casa en mi honor y yo afirmaré su tr trono real para siempre. So David wants to build this house for God. God says, no, here's the deal. Here's the arrangement I want to make with you. Aquí el contrato que quiero hacer. I'm going to put one of your descendants in your place on the throne as king forever. And he will build that house. Pondré uno de tus descendientes en el trono y él construirá mi casa. And then in verse 15, he goes on to say something else. He says, my love will never be taken away from him. No le negaré mi amor. In other words, God is going to set up this king in such a way that this king will not ever be outside of the love of God because this king is going to keep his end of the bargain. Este rey va a hacer su parte del contrato y el amor de Dios estará en él. That's something that David couldn't do. That's something that Saul, the king before him, could not do. They all failed in some way to keep the deal that they had with God. David y Saul habían fallado. Saul habían fallado en su parte con Dios. But not this king. This king will do what is right. And this is the agreement. This king on whom my love rests will be the one that will do everything right. Este rey 
sobre quién mi amor posa es el que siempre va a ser lo bueno. Now, with that in mind, with that covenant that God made to David in mind, we go back to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 4, and God is now speaking to the people of Israel. And he's basically saying, this covenant now that was just for David is for all of you. Este pacto que era para David es para todos. Verse 4. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and a commander of the peoples. Sin duda, uh, dice, lo he puesto como testigo para los pueblos, como su jefe supremo. And then in verse 5, the language is switching here. It's talking to you, but not you all. It's talking to you, one. He's talking to that king, that descendant of David in verse 5. Dios habla al rey descendiente de David en 5. And God is saying in verse 5 to this king, Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations that do not know you will hasten to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Sin duda convocarás a naciones que no conocías, naciones correrán hacia ti gracias al Señor tu Dios que te ha colmado de honor o de esplendor. Let's see if we can recap this. God's going to put on this throne his promised king who will reign forever as the everlasting king. He will have God's love on him. Este rey reinará para siempre con el amor de Dios. And he will, it says in Isaiah, be a witness to the rest of the peoples of God, he will show forth God's kingdom and God's light to these people. And people who previously did not know God will come to God and they will buy and they will eat and they will drink and they will have for free the everlasting life and love of God. Pueblos que no conocían a Dios vendrán a este rey y vamos, van a, a venir, comprar, eh, eh, comer y beber del amor eterno y de la vida eterna de Dios. And how will this be possible? It will not be possible because of what these people do, but because of what the king does. For God has endowed this king with splendor, with glory, with light, the light of of the love of God will radiate out of this king because he will finally do what the people could not. He will keep God's covenant. La luz de Dios radiará de este rey porque él mantendrá el pacto de Dios. So, this is a question you ask when you have a contract, right? What's the catch? What's the fine print? ¿Cuál es la trampa? And the answer is, there is no catch. Because, you see, this is not setting up an exchange. This is not setting up a transaction. It's something that is transformational. It is something different. Esto no pone una transacción, sino algo que es transformador. Transformador. Because God is going to provide this appointed king And this appointed king will be the light that brings his love. And that appointed king comes from David, and yet he doesn't act like David because this appointed king is the Messiah king. And this is pointing us, of course, 800 years before the time, to Jesus. Este rey es Jesús. Jesus is this king crowned with the splendor of God 
who will bring his love to the world. And people will come to this king and they will be able to receive freely of the life and the love and the forgiveness of God and God will be able to dwell in their midst because this king will build the house that none of us could build. Este rey va a construir la casa que no pudimos y recibirán el amor de Dios gratis. This forgiveness, this love is free. Free to us. Es gratis. Here's the only catch. It won't be free to him. It won't be free to him. He will go to the cross. His throne will not be a gold throne with all kinds of, of bright, bedecked things on it. His throne will be the cross. He'll be nailed to that. Su trono no va a ser un trono dorado si una cruz. And he will give up his life in exchange for ours. This king will keep our end of the bargain. By dying the death we deserve to die. Él hará nuestra parte muriendo en nuestro lugar. He will, he will die in our place and then He will rise again from the dead to be able to offer us a life we could never, ever obtain for ourselves because we would always fail. He gives us eternal life. It's an everlasting covenant that cannot be broken. Él resucita de los muertos para ofrecernos Nueva vida. This is the offer, people, of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus keeps the bargain. We get the benefit. Porque de tal manera amó Dios al mundo que dio a su Hijo unigénito para que todo aquel que en él crea no se pierda, sino que tenga vida eterna. It's the invitation that Jesus also makes in Matthew 11, verse 28. See if you don't hear echoes of Isaiah in these words of Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Vengan a mí, ustedes que están cansados y agobiados, les daré descanso. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Get connected to me. Carguen con mi yugo y aprendan a mí. Because I'm gentle and humble in heart and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. Mi yugo es suave. My covenant, my agreement is easy. My burden is light. Mi carga es liviana. And so in that same spirit, what does Isaiah chapter 55 say we are to do about this? This, this offer of life, this offer of, of fullness, that, that this king out of David who represents God's faithful love would give us. What are we to do? ¿Qué hacemos con esto? Isaiah 55, 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Busquen al Señor mientras se deje encontrar. Llámenlo mientras esté cercano. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God for he will freely pardon. 
que se vuelva al Señor a nuestro Dios que es generoso para perdonar y de él recibirá misericordia. God invites every single person to come and to receive freely of his love and mercy and forgiveness and life. Not in a way that is transactional. Not in a way where you have to do something in order to get it because the fact of the matter is you can't. You will never do enough. You will never give enough. You will never pray enough. You will never sweat enough to earn the life and the love of God. Dios nos invita a recibir algo gratis porque no lo podemos merecer. We can't keep our end of the bargain. God invites us to receive his love because Jesus has kept our end of the bargain. Jesús cumplió con nuestra parte. He is the light that brings the love of God. Él es la luz que trae el amor de Dios. So let's, let's get clear here on this, this new covenant, this everlasting covenant. God's part is to provide this Messiah King this descendant of David as the one who brings his love. Dios provee el Mesías, el rey que trae el amor de Dios. And that king, of course, is Jesus. Jesus comes into our world to witness to us of God's everlasting love and to show that by his death and resurrection. He does our part. And because he does, what is our part? Como que Jesús hace nuestra parte, ¿cuál es nuestra parte? Well, Our part is to listen, to come, to buy without money, to eat, to drink, to get connected to this Messiah King. He's the bread of life who offers himself freely. He's the cup of blessing, the wine who spills his blood freely for you and me. He just says, come. Él es el pan de vida y la copa de bendiciones. Y Él simplemente dice, venga. So God's love comes to us at Christmas. But we must understand that that love comes to us not because of what we've done to deserve it, but in spite of the fact that we don't deserve it. The love of God comes in our weakness. It comes in spite of our sin. In fact, it comes because of our sin. El amor de Dios viene a pesar de nuestro pecado y por nuestro pecado. In fact, the love of God at Christmas comes to be weak and vulnerable right next to us. As a baby. As a little human being who is God in the flesh. El amor de Dios viene en, en debilidad, en vulnerabilidad. So, All of that to say, what is God's word speaking to us today? There's a simple, simple message. I am in Sahim you. The message is just come. Just come. Come as you are. Come with your sin and your failure, your junk. But come to him by letting that go. Bangan. Tal como estén. Leave your spiritual bankruptcy. The empty thoughts. 
en empty ways. Dejen los pensamientos perversos y caminos perversos. Let go of the lies, the deceptions. Cut loose the addictions, the obsessions, the idolatry. Let go of the darkness and simply receive the light. Suelten la oscuridad para recibir la luz. That's the gospel. That is the offer of Jesus Christ, the new covenant. And so this morning we want to live into that. We want to live into that by simply as a people coming to Jesus. And specifically, I want to say, if you are in need of prayer this morning, for whatever reason, we want to be available to pray with you, even as we're coming to the Lord. In just a few moments, we'll have the worship team up here, and we're going to have uh, uh, several couples located around our worship center, and they are just there to be available to whoever wants to pray, whoever needs prayer. You don't have to come happy. You don't have to come sad. You can just come as you are. We would love to pray over you. Vamos a tener unas parejas en el santuario ahí como estaciones donde pueden recibir oración. And you can stay right where you are and come to Jesus too. It doesn't matter. If you've never come to Him, that is an invitation I want to make loud and clear that you need to come. You can't just know about this Messiah King. You need to know Him by receiving Him, by coming to Him. And if you need help with that, we would be so honored to do that. Queremos ayudarles si nunca han recibido al Señor. So I want to invite the team to come on up here, and I'm going to pause and pray for us, but the prophet speaks clearly. Jesus is God's faithful love promised not just to David, not just to Israel 2,000 years ago, but to you and to me here and now. Jesús es el constante amor de Dios, no solo prometido a Dios, a, a David o a Israel, sino a todos nosotros. So let's come to him together, shall we pray? God, thank you that we have these few moments. You are inviting us. My simple prayer is that we can all hear that invitation in this moment, but also through this week. <clears throat> that we can hear you calling out like that vendor saying, come to me. Come where you are, as you are, and your soul will live. Que podamos escuchar esa imitación del vendedor de la calle que dice, vengan a mí tal como están y tu alma vivirá. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the faithful love of God in the flesh. We honor you. And we thank you that you've done what we could never do on our behalf. Gracias, Jesús, por hacer nuestra parte lo que no pudimos hacer por nosotros. Thank you for your coming, you're living, you're dying, you're rising, you're sending of the Holy Spirit, and your promise to come back. Gracias por nacer, vivir, morir, resucitar, dar el Espíritu Santo y para tu promesa de volver. We come to you now as we are, and we pray in your holy and precious name, dear Jesus. So come and pray as the Lord leads you.